Thursday, August 2nd, 2012, and this is Radio Wave. Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. Chaplains for Nonbelievers. The Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers is campaigning for a change in policy in veterans' hospitals whereby secular humanist representatives will be available to non Christian veterans instead of Christian chaplains. In support of their request, the Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers cites a letter from a non-Christian deceased veteran who stated that while he received good care, the views of Christian chaplains, especially about the afterlife, were not comforting to him as a secular humanist. Chaplain Ron Cruz, executive director for the Chaplain Alliance for Religious Liberty, believes their chaplains are doing their best to accommodate everyone. Cruz stated, quote, it appears to me that there is no problem, but this organization wants to create a problem. Christian chaplains carry with them the aroma of Christ. Some will be attracted to that aroma, and others will be offended. Our job is to make sure we are indeed carrying that aroma, and then leave the results to our Lord. Our Lady said on February 9, 1984, How many persons have followed other beliefs or sects, and have abandoned Jesus Christ. How that hurts me! How unbelievers are in large numbers! That will change only if you help me with your prayers. Looking for a safe haven? With the goal of directing people's hearts back to God and the Scriptures, Dutch millionaire Johann Hubers recently completed construction of a life-size replica of Noah's Ark. Hubers based his ark on the measurements recorded in the Bible and included plastic animals as a finishing touch. He has already received several requests for space on the ark from individuals believing the end of the world is coming in 2012. Hubers has rejected the requests, stating the ark is a museum and not a rescue boat. Our Lady said on July 11, 1987, Create in your hearts a permanent prayer because only thus will you be able to be prepared vessels. Through prayer, your Father will build you into the vessels He wants. This is the Medge Network Information Service. Drought, Corn, Fuel, Food A severe drought across certain parts of America has sent corn prices shooting up to record levels this year, already above $8 a bushel. As a result, 
the CEO of U.S. food giant Cargill, is predicting much higher food prices this year as compared to last year because many foods are made from corn, and the price of meat will be driven up because corn is an important additive to animal feeds. Many groups are now pressuring the EPA and the Obama administration to relax the federal quotas for the dilution of fuel with ethanol, a fuel additive derived from corn, production of which uses up increasing amounts of corn each year. Some experts even cite ethanol requirements as a key driver of the global food crises of 2007 and 2008, and the current squeeze on corn has others warning of another imminent food crisis. Our Lady said on June twenty fourth, two thousand eleven. Also today, in joy, I call you, accept my messages and live my messages. May my messages become life, build them into your lives. May they be food on your life's journey. Know, dear children, that I am with you when it is most difficult for you. Dark night. During a midnight premiere of the new Batman movie, The Dark Knight Rises, at a theater in a Denver, Colorado suburb, twenty-four-year-old James Holmes entered through an emergency exit and opened fire on the viewing audience with multiple weapons, killing twelve people and injuring another fifty-nine in the shooting. Our Lady said on May second, two thousand nine, "Do you think that you can do without God's blessing? Do not permit darkness to envelop you." From the depth of your heart, cry out for my son. His name disperses even the greatest darkness. This is the Medj Network Information Service. United States Post Office in significant default. The United States Postal Service defaulted yesterday on a legally required $5.5 billion payment to the United States Treasury for future postal retiree health benefits. They are expected to default also on the $5.6 billion required payment coming due in September. Though the defaults are not initially expected to cause an immediate disruption in postal service, a growing uncertainty looms about the ability of the post office to continue, especially in light of its projected $14.1 billion loss for 2012. Our Lady said on May 2nd, 2008. With my love, I will teach you simplicity of life. The way to my son can be difficult and painful, but do not be afraid. I will be with you. Banking industry may cut more jobs. Meredith Whitney, chief executive officer of Meredith Whitney Advisory Group, stated recently she expects the banking industry to suffer additional layoffs in the amount of fifty thousand jobs, particularly on the investment banking side. Whitney stated, quote, "The old way of making money for Wall Street for so many of the banks that became real Wall Street-driven revenue machines is gone. There's just not a lot of business, and these are high-paying jobs." Our Lady said on November second, two thousand six, "God is sending me to warn you and to show you the right way. The way on which I desire to lead you is the way of peace and love. This is the way which leads to my Son." Your God. From the Medj Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. 
It was an event you didn't hear of. Never a warning given. Never reported in the headlines. August 2nd, 1981. A declaration of war. The Virgin Mary appeared at an obscure threshing floor in a corner of the world in an unknown village called Medjugorje. The Virgin told us that a great struggle was about to unfold between her son and Satan and that human souls were at stake. All the while, the world moved forward into a war it didn't know was begun. You, between two sides, her son and Satan, heaven and hell, earth the battleground. The time of separation was started. On which side shall you be? Entering a new time, a booklet by a friend of Medjugorje, timeless in its message, important in its direction. Entering a new time from Caritas of Birmingham. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, and click on MedgeMart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. Entering a new time by a friend of Medjugorje, available from Caritas of Birmingham. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, today's August 2nd, 2012. A special anniversary from one year ago and from one year ago, 30 years ago, which you just heard on the commercial about the great struggle about to unfold. It could be no mistake. It could not be by chance. It could not be without calculations. The strategy of Our Lady spiritually strategy. That last year, today, on this date, she said, As individuals, my children, you cannot stop the evil that wants to begin to rule this world and to destroy it. Do you believe what Our Lady says? Do you believe her messages? How much do you believe him? Perhaps should be the better question. Do you take this to the bank? Do you say, if a lady said it, it must be true? Come on. Do you really believe that Satan can destroy the world? That evil will destroy it? People think, okay, our lady's here. She will triumph. She's here to rescue us. That's her plan. But remember, God sent Jonah to Nineveh and he saved it. But he allowed Abraham to go through Sodom and he didn't. There's no guarantee. Don't trust. Our lady get what she wants. She says, Satan's taking part in my plans in Medjugorje in the Thursday messages. So if we don't stop on these anniversary dates, if we don't look at the dates, not just the words, but the dates when they're given... August 2nd, 1982. 
August 2nd, 2011, to 30 years later. February 2nd, 2012, pride has come to rule. She warns of the struggle, says he wants to come 30 years later, and his purpose is to destroy the whole world, and then said he's here February 2nd, 2012. Phenomenal. Incredible. And we're just sitting there worried about our jobs and what we're doing and not putting God in the first place. There is nothing of interest that surpasses either in sports, games, excitement, pleasures, mountain climbing, then the drama unfolding right in front of you. Do you get it? And if you get it, what are you doing with it? It's one thing to get it. It's another thing to put it into actions. Steps now to be where God's will is for you when things unfold. Will you be there? People have told me they feel like they're in a race. The more they wake up, the more they feel they're running. Running to where? Running to where the messages want them to be at the time when things unfold. God wants you to be in your heart and physically. There is a lot to these messages. A huge discovery daily to be found. And so it is. August 2nd, 2011, or rather 12, today, Our Lady comes and gives another message on this anniversary date of the one last year connecting 30 years ago about this great struggle we're in. Joan? Our Lady of Medjugorje's August 2nd, 2012 message to Mariana on the day for non-believers. Dear children, I'm with you and I am not giving up. I desire to have you come to know my son. I desire for my children to be with me in eternal life. I desire for you to feel the joy of peace and to have eternal salvation. I am praying that you may overcome human weaknesses. I am imploring my son to give you pure hearts. My dear children, only pure hearts know how to carry a cross and know how to sacrifice for all those sinners who have offended the Heavenly Father and who even today offend him, although they have not come to know him. I am praying that you may come to know the light of true faith, which comes only from prayer of pure hearts. It is then that all those who are near you will feel the love of my Son. Pray for those whom my Son has chosen to lead you on the way to salvation. May your mouth refrain from every judgment. Thank you. A long message. Always a profound message. It is Our Lady whose voice you must listen to today. You will not get the news from the news. Don't even think that you're being informed. Oh, you're being formed. Deformed. In your mentalities and in your understanding. Therefore, 
What are we to think of the events unfolding in front of us? Everything is changing more quickly and more rapidly than people ever thought. You've got the people who stay in their circle. They go to work. They go to school. They come back. They do the home stuff. They go back to work. They tune things out. Everything's normal for them. They used to think, yes, they may have to borrow the windows a little bit more. They have to guard themselves a little bit more. Things are costing a little bit more. But there's many people thinking, okay, I'll deal with it when it comes. What is it? It comes. What's going to happen? There's an impossibility for God to send the efforts of the Virgin Mary to the world without something coming like a comet toward us. I don't mean that literally. I mean that figuratively. Whatever that might be defined as, as far as something that's catastrophic to our way of life, and I'm still not meaning it physically. I mean, there's a spiritual tie to the events that's happening to us today that we've gone on continually after decade after decade sinning without consequences. Why? Because God's merciful. God gives you time to redeem yourself. He'll let you go further and further and further. But sooner or later on the gangplank off the side of the ship, you're at the end. And you're so far out that it breaks. And we're there. Judgment has been cast. It might be a while yet. But just as the Noah, Noah rather, was told to build the ark because judgment was cast, it was decades before things ever happened. And people ignore this. They ignore the ways. They don't look at the signs. They don't compute them in the, or, or they don't interpret them in the right way. There's a lot of wickedness, you might say. Sure there is. In Ezekiel, it says, As I live, says the Lord God, I swear I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, but rather in the wicked man's conversion. This is what I said today. I'm imploring my son to give you pure hearts, my dear children. Only pure hearts know how to carry a cross and know how to sacrifice for all those children, or rather all those sinners who have offended the Holy Father, the Heavenly Father, and who have even today offend him, although they have not come to know him. Who's not come to know him? Those who don't believe. Who offends him? The wicked man. Who's to sacrifice them? Uh, for them, us, for these sinners. God doesn't delight in bringing on or rather even allowing the consequences of our sins. Can you imagine some of the most wickedness things you see? We just heard about the theater. With this individual, God takes no delight or any pleasure in his death or even his punishment. Rather, in the wicked man's conversion, that he may live. This is the desire of God. This is the desire of Jesus. And this is what all he's been sent for. Because time's up with God and time's up with Jesus. So how come we can't compute the consequences of the things that we see? We don't realize how dry we are 
in love and how our well, our water well, has just gone dry. And this translates as consequences that we have drought all over the place. Drought really says something to us because the scripture promises something different from drought. But that's not the problem. It's a symptom. When we have droughts in your land, God's not providing the rain, there's a purpose to that, to get your attentions, to pay attention to your concern, or rather that which should be your concern, which is your soul, which is your culture, which is how the way of life you're living. People say parts of the country are getting rain, parts aren't. Well, they may be getting floods. But there are parts who's getting rain that's been blessed. I feel our ladies blessed us. We've had good rain this summer, this winter. Usually we do. Often we get this. We always, in fact, years ago, we consecrated all the weather here to Our Lady. That whatever we get is by our hands. And we never pray for rain. We may never pray for it to stop raining. And she handles it. And we've always gotten adequately. This is probably 25, 20, 22 years ago. So we did this. Up in the mountain, the consecrated waterfall. It's bone dry. It's what we call Grotto La Pluie. It's French. Our Lady of the Rain. And when we consecrated that, we were in a drought. It was bone dry. The waterfall was just pure rock. I'd never seen it that way before. This was the beginning of June. You got the spring rains, and we was, it was dry. We went up specifically for the purpose to consecrate this valley and its rainfall to Our Lady. We consecrate through the name of the grotto, Grotto La Pluie, Our Lady of the Rain. And that August, within a few days of that, it rained. But by August, we had had the wettest August in history. You'll never get enough rain in August, but it was a lot of rain. Our creeks were overflowing. And we made a promise at that point we would never pray for rain or pray for it not to rain because we gave it to Our Lady. And yet we have so much sin and so many things, people run into a dry spell and their, their relationships are in their spiritual life. They're dry. Their souls are cracked with sin. This translates out into the weather. There's a physical relationship to that because it's a blessing. In Deuteronomy, God says, of a land and heals a valley that drinks in the rain from heaven. A land which the Lord, your God, looks after his eye upon it continually from the beginning of the year to the end. If then you truly heed my commandments, that's our problem. We think we can have our commandments in our private life, but we can't institute it through our companies, our positions, that that stays at the door and enter in your office. And that we tolerate things we shouldn't tolerate out of wicked people. If then you truly heed my commandments, which I enjoy on you today, loving and serving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, I will give the seasonal rains to your land. The early rain and the late rain, that you may have the grain, wine, and oil to gather in, and I will bring forth the grass in your fields for your animals. Thus you may eat your fill, but be careful, lest your heart be so lured away that you serve other gods and worship them. For then the wrath of the Lord will 
flare up against you, and he will close up the heavens, so that no rain will fall, and the soil will not yield its crops, and you will soon perish from the good land he has given you. There is a reward for fidelity. There is a, there is a punishment for infidelity. Are we living in infidelity? Is your region blessed? We bless this place continually. We bless it every day with a prayer called the prayer for the blood of God. That Our Lady have powers, untold powers here to accomplish whatever plan she wants. And we, she, we see she's accomplished a lot. And we get an incredible, surreal, unbelievable message July 4th, 2012, or rather July 3rd. When we prayed, we fasted for 25 years. We've asked her to give us words. We did a nine-day fast with people across the nation that she come and give us words. We want to land heal. And she told us, form and make prayer groups. For your healing, so for, and we'll pray for your healing, and you pray for this to heal this nation. Why do we have this message? Because the lady had nothing better to say. We fall for this message. Millions of prayers, literally, to get these few words. But we don't need any more words than that. Our lady comes before us. She does everything for us in that sense. So if you can use a little rain, you need to learn these things. You need to realize what it is that God comes to us and gives when you are blessed. And we can lose it tomorrow. Everybody that is seeking God will find his rest in him. Be it rain, be it the graces for your fields, or your family, or the consequences thereof. The grass is brown out in the yard. Dirt is dust, the ground is hard. Flowers fade as the heat drags on under the unforgiving sun. But it wouldn't take much water to bring it back again. There's still hope for what we planted. Just could use a little rain A slow and steady shower To soak the drought away This ain't nothing we can't handle We just could use a little rain Got our own dry spell Neglected love is an empty well That lies waiting to be filled Unattended and thirsty still But it wouldn't take much water Bring us back again like a rose out on the desert We just could use a little rain 
A revival love affection Will bring about the change This ain't nothing we can't handle We just could use a little Once more I beheld villages, towns, and cities springing up where I had seen them before. American history you never learned. A remarkable writing that will amaze you and which Satan does not want you to know. The founding of America in a most remarkable way can be traced to the spiritual a booklet of surprise, and is one of Caritas's most requested. The title explains it all. American History You Never Learned. Order on medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on Medjmart, or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. In the message, Our Lady again uses the number three using pure hearts this time, speaking about pure hearts. Three times I am imploring my son to give you pure hearts. My, my dear children, only pure hearts know how to carry a cross. And at the end there, um, the light of true faith, which comes only from prayer of pure hearts. She also uses the word no, K-N-O-W, no, three times. And it seems like there's a connection then between pure hearts and connect, connecting to knowing God. That you can't know God unless you have a pure heart or impure hearts don't know God. So... My question is, what is it about purity, the 
a pure heart that that one must have to know God. Well, that's, to receive a grace, you got to be in a state of grace. To be in a state of grace, you have to have purity, purity of intentions. You can't go with something and say, well, I'm going to do this for God, but I can make a lot of money. Or you can't go to this situation and say, well, I'm going to church because I want to get them to, to start selling this product because uh, they make money for the church. And, and I don't want to make money off of, to make a living. How, the purity of intention, the purity of soul, the purity of your eyes, the purity of everything frees the Holy Spirit to come into you and speak to you. doesn't mean you're not a sinner. But you run to confession when you fail. Purity, this generation does not know it. And the last generation doesn't know it. And probably one before that is lost to a large degree. It's amazing to me all that's been output in the last week or so with Chick-fil-A and what we've read and what we follow with this and who said what and what said, what Christians are saying. They don't even have, I don't think in the history of the church in 2,000 years we've ever had the ratio per number of Christian of those numbers in there that don't get it. Most Christians are saying, well, you know, I'm against this, but live and let live. You, no, what are you talking about, live and let live? I've heard nobody, I've read about nobody that said, no, this we will not accept. Now, personally, they say I don't accept it. But who am I to say what's going on or what they do in their house? They don't get it. These people will not stop. You think, okay, well, they get this and they'll be content. No, they don't. And they'll get the next thing and they'll be content. They don't stop there. They had everybody they wanted in Sodom. Two or three people in Lot's house. You want them at your door? Is that what you want? Wake up, Christians. They're not going to stay level at a certain degree of what their desires are intense. Because they'll never reach the freedom and purity of peace and be at peace with themselves. So they've got to have you to accept them, which ratifies what they do, with your consent. Tell them what it is. It's abomination. And you're against it. And you'll fight it. On the streets or wherever. Or whatever institutions. I'm disgusted from what I've read and what I hear. I've not heard one Christian out there say we have a right to ban this. We're okay with adultery? I've never heard a Christian say, well, you know, you know, that's what they want to do. Let them do that. You don't hear that at that. That's not near the sin of sticking your face, face your fist in God's face or in the Christian's face. We better wake up. We better realize what it means for purity. And, and, and you, they can't see it because they don't have purity in their heart. They don't have enough purity to realize where does evil go from here? 
You won't be knocking your screw door. They'll be there. They're, they're there already. You want them knocking on your door. They'll come. It's not like, okay, we'll let the fire burn and keep burning and burning. Let's just don't let it come in this next, next block of the neighborhood. It can burn. There's no, you put it out. Just like you should have done on that block with the first house. You say, well, okay, we're not going to help that first house burn. We'll just let that block. We just don't want our block. You fight it from getting to your block when it's at that first house. When a fire fire uh, call comes out and fire trucks come out, the first thing they do, of course, is put the house out. But if it's raging, they'll put hoses on the house next to it. Why? So it won't spread. Because if it spreads the next one, then they got a double problem. And a very likely jump to a third problem at the house. And so you can say, okay, well, that's their block. They're doing what they want to do. We'll just let live and let live. You're, you're stupid. You're so stupid. I don't think I've ever said this. I've said stupid before, but I'm, I'm telling you, you're stupid Christians. You don't get it. This has to be smashed out of the culture. You have to draw it away. There's no shame. You have to stand up and say no. There's laws on the books now against this stuff. Why? Because our forefathers had the wisdom that if you accept this anywhere in the culture, it grows like cancer. Okay, I'm a doctor. I'm going to the patient. I'm going to just take a little bit out. I don't want, I don't want the cancer in the arm. It's, so, it's okay. We'll just leave it in the hand. So we take the part out of the, out of the arm and we leave it in the hand. Does that make any sense to you? Then you explain to me, oh Christian, that you say, well, if that's what they want to do, they're free. No, they're not free. They're not free to commit adultery with our, our blessings, and they're not free to steal with our blessings, they're not free to murder with our blessings, and they're not free to do this with our blessings. Wake up before the knock comes to your door in the middle of the night and say, give us your children. Don't think it won't happen. Nobody would think 10 years ago what's going on now, and we're still saying, well, you know, I'm against it, the Bible's against it, but who am I to say? See, they don't have enough purity to even see truth. I'm not mad at them. They're just doing what beasts do. They're just doing what abomination does. It's natural for them. They offend God because they don't even know it and they don't care. We're the keepers of the culture. And we're not keeping it because we're flat salt. So the meat of the culture is rotten. Our lady be the salt of the earth. And who is she? That's who she is. She's coming as mother to show us this purity, this pure woman. It's coming to show us we're family. Not the anti-family of abomination. She's coming to the sweetness and showing us the other way. An incredible thing for us. There was a psychotherapist who came to Medjugorje and didn't believe. He was a Protestant. Through the Eucharist, he converted from Medjugorje. And in time, he came to believe in the apparitions. And it was through the sweetness of something that Our Lady was doing that brought him to these things and these conclusions. He spoke with Father Slavko about it. 
He told him, I'm convinced that it is truly the Holy Virgin who appears in Medjugorje. The former or Father Savko, the late Father Savko, who's dead now, said, for what reasons? The psychotherapist says, for three reasons. The first, because she appears in a very punctual way. The second, because she says simple things. And third, because she appears every day. Slavgo responded. But it's just these three things which present difficulties to the theologians. Why did these points convince you? The psychotherapist says, because as a psychotherapist, I regularly see people, the anguish and profound problems that they have today are due to the absence of the mother in the families. Society itself is ill because of this absence. There are divorces, and the mothers prefer to go to work. They have various other interests in their life other than children. Now it is precisely these three points, punctuality, simple language, and the daily presence of the mother, which are the most necessary for the proper development and for the balance of the child. In Medjugorje, it is truly the mother who comes because she remains with us. She gives us precisely these three things which are lacking. It is a way in which she appears that touches me most. She heals us from all the ill effects of absence. Of course, the mother and divorce, least abomination. That's the part we don't judge. That's God's territory. We don't judge why people are what they are. But we don't accept what they are, that it's okay. We get this judgment thing all wrong. We don't understand. We got to make judgments all day long. You don't want to hang around with anybody that does abominable things or thieves or adulterers. You don't have to keep company with that. Because it's wrong. You can say that and you can judge that. What God does with them because of what they do later in judgment is his business. But we're the judges. We're the keepers of the culture. And we need to understand how beautiful it is and who Our Lady is and just what the psychotherapist said. Our Lady is an incredible being. John, and I'm convinced oftentimes she's, she's talked about in the scriptures, but the scriptures had to hide her because they would have made her a god. In fact, there was a there was a heresy that made Mary God a goddess in the beginning of the church. And so there's stealth things to be made known at the right proper time, which is now. This is my time, and she's being made known. And so John writes in his introduction, or rather in the second letter of John, not in his introduction, he starts off the Presbyterians to the chosen lady. And to her children, whom I love in truth. He can't be talking about anybody other than Our Lady. Now, the theologians, they explain it away another, that he's talking about the church and this. I don't buy it. But they also say the woman of Revelation chapter 12 is the church. I don't buy that neither. Especially when Our Lady comes with the moon, with the clothes in the sun, as Ivan says when she leaves, and with a crown of 12 stars. You don't think this is Revelation 12? You don't think 
Revelations 11, the last verse of it, just preceding about the woman coming, clothed with the sun, that says, I saw up in the heavens thunder and lightning. Mary is born on the night of a huge storm. And I saw the Ark of the Covenant open up. Who's the Ark of the Covenant that opened up? Jesus is the Covenant. Jesus was in the Ark. Who's the Ark? Mary. Mary's in the Scriptures. John was talking about this. He goes on and says, The children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. But now, lady, I ask you, not as a thought, as I were writing a new... And he's talking about community. He goes on. But John even says some verbiage that we see Our Lady saying today, 2,000 years later. Little children. You'll hear John say this in his Gospels. And so this is an amazing thing. But let's take the clouds away from Our Lady. Let's take the stars away from her. Let's just make her purely human. What was it like when she didn't have the wings she has now? We often look at the children here playing and not let's say six years old, seven years old, what was Jesus doing sometimes when Mary was sewing and she was busy and he was crafting something or playing or doing what children normally do, like kittens, even four or five years old? Did he not look at her? Did he not stare at her in a, cor- in a corner and just think about her? The no beauty he's ever known and seen in his flesh? That she was his angel? I could be so fortunate as a kid to have this woman. Think about those things. He had to contemplate her from deep within his heart and for wherever he was in his maturity to know his mission. She says no other being that ever existed. And so what is it when she was without wings on the earth? hard to describe You're like nothing I've ever known in my life Kindness flowing from down deep inside your eyes So selfless and complete And beauty in and out All around you not a single cloud Like the rain just stops Before it hits the ground And puddles at your feet You're an angel I know heaven wonders where you are Like you fell off some old shining star Right into my heart An angel When I'm with you I feel like a king Just like out of some old movie scene An angel Everything but the wings Mm -hmm. 
you It's hard to believe that you Could feel the way I do Never thought I'd find so much Love to fall into Or perfect or true So never go away Heaven calls you back Just ask if you can stay I never find someone To ever take your place You know they only made a few Cause you're an angel I know heaven wanders where you are like you fell off some old shining star Right into my heart An angel When I'm with you I feel like a king Just like out of some old movie scene An angel Everything but the wings Everything but the wings An angel Everything but the wings I know heaven must have wondered where you are you know, to me, I think probably one of the hardest things Jesus did, along with his crucifixion, was leave Our Lady here on the earth for so many years after his death and his passion. I think that was a difficult thing. And what was prepared for her in heaven and assumption must have been incredible. And what's preparing now for this her time of triumph, the same. We should relate and contemplate these things. I had a question, but I kind of want to set it up before I ask it. Um, a year ago, July 2nd, 2011, Our Lady gave a message in which she talked about impure hearts. And she actually used the word impure three times. And she said, an impure heart cannot be in my son and with my son. An impure heart cannot give the fruit of love and unity. An impure heart cannot do correct and just things, and it's not an example of the beauty of God. And after the message, Our Lady, when she was leaving, she left, uh, to her left she showed darkness, and to her right, a cross and golden light. And Mariana believed that Our Lady was showing the difference between a clean heart and an unclean heart. In a prayer that Our Lady gave, uh, in 1985, called the Petition to God, she defines impure, what, what causes impurity. And she says in the, in the prayer, We open our hearts to you so that your holy love will remain in us. We open our souls to you so that they may be touched by your holy mercy, which will help us to see clearly all our sins and will make us realize that which makes us impure 
is sin. So today she says in her message, the light of true faith comes only from prayer of pure hearts. So sin brings us into impurity, then, then we become in darkness. And I guess that's within the degree of our sin. But then if we're still believers and we have impure heart, what happens to the prayers that we pray to God? What does he do with the prayers coming from an impure heart? Um, that we're not necessarily praying in the will of God, for instance. Or the same thing that happens in Mexico when they go to the statue of a famous thief and pray for a successful robbery. They really do this. Where does those prayers go? Right back on their own head. You slander God. You think he's that. You think he's just going to. You know, tickling people say all the time to us, if I win that $60 million lottery, I'm going to give you half of it. What do you think God thinks about that? What they're saying is, okay, this is a condition. Okay, God, you give me that money, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. It's a bribe to God. Are you going to bribe God? It's that's that impure intention. There has to be a purity of intentions in what you're asking, first of all. And you can be in darkness. You can be in sin. You can be abominable. And you can go on your knees and say, you can just hear this song and think, start contemplating Jesus watching Mary and say, I want that. I'm sick of the way I'm living. I hate myself. I hate what I'm doing. God, if you're up there, can you hear me? Can you fix me? Can you change me? I want it. That's all you got to say. That prayer will rise up into heaven from a bottomble where somebody in church who's judging the next door th- uh, pew over the woman in the hat, look at her, what she looks like, and thinking this and being ugly to her kids when she comes in and all this, whatever she may be doing. And then she says, oh, Jesus, thank you for everything you give me. Thank you. I need this new car. Where's her prayers go? To a deaf ear. I often hear people say, Jesus Christ. And then I say it again. I says, you know what? You might be off a boat somewhere in the water and you might be saying, Jesus Christ, he's not listening to you. He's going to think, he's not going to realize you're drowning. Don't use his name like that. Make sure you got his ear when you're ready to say that. They're shocked. Who says that? And so the difference in one prayer or another is, is important. You know, our lady says, uh, I'm with you. That's what she told the community in the last apparition here, which is beautiful. I am with you because we're walking off on some things and stuff with the book. They fried the first shop and several other projects that we need a presence. We want her. We prayed for that. And we often do things and we realize she was there. She's been with us through the ages. She was in the mind of God before she existed. Who is this woman that he sends now? You think Revelation chapter 12 wasn't there before? My wife and I have told you this story before. It was in years ago, 20, maybe 15, 20 years ago with Maria. She was over with her, what is it, less than 18 years ago because her son was just six months old, eight, ten months old, pray, playing in the park. We walked to the other side. I said, you see that girl there, Annette? 
Maria was known to God in the Garden of Eden. When he told Adam, by the sweat of your brow you should eat, he told the serpent that the woman will crush your head, Eve's wants will be for her husband, because she would come in her time, the Christian of the servant, Revelation chapter 12, through these medicines that will feed the world, heal the world, these messages of the 25th. Mary was there in the Garden of Eden before she existed because she was in the heart of God long before that. And when you take her as your mother, when you are, no matter what state of life or sin you're in, no matter how much darkness you walk in, it's real simple. I encourage you, no matter what you are, how filthy, how degraded, how much sin, or how righteous you are in sin, Actually, those are harder, the righteous, to get their prayers answered than the lowly who just says, I'm, I need to repent. I'm a sinner. I don't want to do this no more. And you'll see, all along the way, Our Lady never abandoned you. She was there. So pray that. Encourage others to do that. You're not going to convict them, say, well, live and let live. Tell them they're wrong. I can't accept that, and I won't be friends with you that way. I don't want to associate with you. This is filthy. And whatever the sins may be, and they'll see when they come. Our lady was there with them. She walked them there. I was there that night in Bethlehem And when Neil and the boys came to the moon in that tin can at Gettysburg, Omaha Beach, and Vietnam I heard every soldier's cry and every mama's prayer I was there I was there when you took your first breath And when you lit that stolen lucky strike and like to choke to death when you were waist deep in Carter's Creek and Preacher John Dumped you down in the water and raised you up for air I was there I'm always around I was then and I am now And I'll be here I was in that house And when your grandpa ran down the streets of gold To show her around I was there Around. I was then and I am now 
was there last night on Highway 9 When you answered the phone and ran right through that stop sign I was in the cab of that big rig in that trucker's ear Made him swerve to the right and miss you by a hair I was there If you're feeling alone, look up, I'm the one who answers prayers And I'm always You know, I believe that we've been chosen to live in these latter days. This is our time. This is her time. And we're in this with her. And what for purpose? Or whether what purpose for? To carry the cross and know how to sacrifice for all those sinners who offended the Heavenly Father. No matter what pain we have to go through, no matter how much we have to love, we have to reach souls. Ezekiel goes on and says, quoting earlier about wickedness. When a virtuous man turns away from what is right and does wrong, he shall die. But when a wicked man turns away from wickedness and does what is right and just, because of this, he shall live. It's that easy. It's that simple. Come to the light. One tear of repentance, a half a tear of repentance. You don't have to know God. You don't have to have never felt His love. But if you want to, if you want to see what it's like, if you want to experience something you've never experienced before, our lady said, meditate. For five minutes a day on the God you don't believe exists. Because of the absence of the mother, many people don't know a father. This void has made people fall into wickedness. We don't judge those reasons, but the sin of wickedness. And so it is. We're not here to rose color everything. We're not following our lady to be her children, to be silent. We won't rest until you're convicted. We sin, but we repent and we recognize our sins. You must recognize your sin. And then don't fall. You'll be strong even in the darkest of nights. It may be painful. It may be difficult. But Our Lady's here to show you the way. We have been saved these latter days And we have been made to follow His way There may be times we might turn in to 
despair But he is always there We will go on We will not fall and We will not run We will be strong Through the darkest night We'll stand and fight Through the deepest pain Our love remains And we will go on battle of life rages outside so we face the storm ready to ride there may be times we must stand on our own but we are never alone darkest night we'll stand and fight through the deepest pain our love remains and we will go on the day will come when we will be with him again but until then we must go on we can Fall and we cannot run We must be strong Through the darkest night We'll stand and fight Through the deepest pain Love will remain And we will go on And we will go We have a wounded humanity out here. Here, everywhere. And a lady's there. She said once, Call me, I will come immediately. And there's no requisite how deep in sin you are to call her. She'll answer. For anybody has a pure intentions in that call, even if you're in deep darkness. You've got an avenue to heaven that's never been so near, so close, and so easy to talk to God. Do you want that? Then go toward it. Don't fall. You don't have to run. God will run to you. He's waiting you to open your heart. It's that easy. He's the physician. She's a nurse. You can be healed. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>